0: All right, 127 days to go. You, we, the people, the ultimate jury. Well, it's 4th of July week, something we can, I guess, kind of celebrate. Maybe a little extra time off. Family, friends, barbecue. Socially distant, of course. Uh, 800 941 Sean, you want to be a part of this extravaganza. Um, How long will Joe Biden be allowed to hide in his basement bunker? He's like the ghost, the invisible candidate. No wonder why... Terry McAuliffe is out there saying, I'm fine with Joe in the basement. You know, he's, he steps out of the bunker basement for two seconds on Thursday of last week. He talks about 120 million Americans have died from COVID. He, you and know, now we
1: have over 120 yeah. million dead from COVID.
0: Just like he referred to uh, H1N1N1H1. He he is, it is bad. The question that was asked in 1984 is Ronald Reagan in some time a uh, type of cognitive mental decline? He put that answer he put that question to rest in the second debate with Walter Mondale. He had not had a good first debate. One of the reasons sometimes these presidential candidates do not have good debates um, is because they just are over prepped. In other words, there's got to be a certain balance. Uh, I could tell you, for example, right now, this whole hour of the show, I have in front of me, as Rush would say, stacks and stacks and stacks and stacks of paper. And I'm going to get to some of it and I'll read from this article what I've circled to read from that article or this article or that article. But at the end of the day, it's it's, you know, pretty much ad libbed. And that's how you do it. And when I do my monologue at night, sure, I, I, I write out a monologue every night for Hannity on TV and then it goes in the prompter. And the hardest one of the hardest jobs in the control room and TV is being my prompter operator. This young kid, Tommy, his dad's a FDNY guy. Great guy. He's a great kid. And if Tommy's off, it's not good. In other words, there are certain signals I'm flying that throwing at him that I don't think would be perceptible to the average person. Because now I'm going off script and I start ad libbing because that's what you do on radio. And I'm so used to doing that, I find it harder to actually read something. Once I know I want to make this point, I make the point. Once I know I want to make that point, I make that point. Well, anyway, so Biden, as it relates to him, uh, this was in the Washington Examiner. Latest Rasmussen survey shows that 20 percent of Democrats now believe that Joe Biden is suffering from some form of dementia. Many Republicans, 66 percent of them agree. Overall, 38 percent believe that that is the case. Uh, you know, his, his disastrous podcast, Zoom calls. And, and let me tell you what's happening, too, because I have I know people that are Democrats. You'd be amazed during presidential campaigns, the type of people that want to get in touch with little old Sean Hannity, your friend here. Uh, Linda can testify to this fact when I was doing the vetting of Barack Obama. Uh, guess whose campaign was trying to be our best friend? You'd never guess in a million years. Linda, you, would you like to do the great unveil?
2: Well, there's actually two.
0: Well, you got to speak louder.
2: There was actually two campaigns that wanted well, to the, be our the best friend. Well, the one
0: that shocked us the most, let's put it that way.
2: I mean, there was Romney and there was uh, McCain. Well, before that, in the primary. Hillary. No, I don't know.
0: Oh, Hillary. Yeah. I thought you meant I, on our side. No, 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 no. That, that that I mean Hillary they literally and and they were very oh let's see, they were um they weren't even really sneaky about it. By the way, did Sean happen to see this? Did Sean see that? I mean it's it's kind of comical, the behind the scenes. Uh Wall Street CNBC today. Many Wall Street analysts warning their clients that a Biden presidency will not look be good for the stock market. Some even say polls showing Biden with a solid lead have already have investors, you know, scared. Jim Cramer saying as the market sold off last Wednesday. Now it's up four hundred and fifteen today, twenty five five about now, twenty five four two eight. Anyway, so if Biden wins and Warren is the favorite to become the nation's first woman Treasury secretary, God help us. And uh, that would be a nightmare for Wall Street. And it would be. Everything that Biden is advocating from the Green New Deal to, I I guess, now he's supporting reparations in spite of a history of saying the most incendiary things that if Donald Trump had ever said it, it would be a disaster. Uh, Open borders, amnesty, you name, D.C. statehood. Do you know combined that because you're getting a package here. You get the Biden experience, you get the Schumer experience, and you get the Pelosi experience. That's 125 years of service in the swamp, in the sewer of D.C. So now the question is what have they done in, with all of these collective years? Because it's going to be Biden, Pelosi, and Schumer. And you got to ask yourself that question because that matters. Well, Donald Trump doesn't need to fight on it. Donald Trump is doing his job. He's out there. He states his position. How refreshing that you actually know where he stands. And when he stated his position the last time, he told you that he would give you tax cuts. He delivered. He told you he'd pick from this list of justices. He's delivered. He told you his judicial philosophy. He delivered. He told you he would open up energy. He has the Keystone uh, Pipeline, the Dakota Pipeline, Anwar, And we're now the world's largest producer of, of energy in the entire world. We're energy independent for the first time in 75 years. He told you he'd build the wall. They gave him hell, but he found a way to get the money reallocated. And lo and behold, by Election Day, you'll have over 400 plus miles of the wall built. And then he said he'd get better trade deals. Well, he delivered on that with... Our, our Western European allies, and with Japan, and with Canada, and with Mexico, and even with China, which, by the way, is helping farmers in, in states like Wisconsin and elsewhere. He said he'd build up our nation's defenses. He's doing it. And he said he would get us out of endless wars, but that didn't mean that the might of America's military would not be used when appropriate, as is uh, exemplified by the defeating of the caliphate. In Syria, completely took off the handcuffs that Joe and Barack put on the military. And he also took out Soleimani, took out al-Baghdadi and company, took out the al-Qaeda leader in Yemen. So, yeah, he's talking, he's making promises, and it's like there's nothing this man can do that's right. And on top of it, he did it with the biggest abuse of power corruption, uh, attempted coup after coup uh, in the process. I mean, yeah, he's a fighter. And his fighting has helped the the American people as evidence pre-corona with record low unemployment for every demographic group in the country. And record growth and Wall Street growth. Wall Street has confidence in Donald Trump. There's no doubt about it. You know, like, for example, the president even said, if I said something, 120 million dead people from Corona, like Biden said, forget it. It's such a different thing. And I'm going to say this was an interesting town hall media piece. uh, Jason... What is it? Kilmeyer? I forget his name. Um, it was well done. I apologize. Uh, these are the Biden rallies talking about, you know, the anarchists, the Occupy, the Chaz Chop zone, the autonomy zone or autonomous zone, the spaghetti potluck dinner zone, the summer of free love zone, where we even had more people hurt this weekend. Oh, we have apparently the zero experience hunter. This was broken by just the news.com. Uh, apparently went on 29 international trips with Secret Service in tow. And I'd, maybe it's not just Barisma Holdings in Ukraine and, and China and the Bank of China. Maybe there's a bunch of other deals we haven't figured out yet, but we found that through the Freedom of Information Watch. I mean, you have 411 international and domestic trips during the Obama years and using Secret Service a whole bunch of times. Well, that cost us a lot of money. I didn't hear anybody complaining about that. Now, it's look—we're 127 days away, and and the mob and the media is perfectly content to leave zero, uh, leave the ever forgetful Joe, who is literally cannot. He seems look—he's going to do fine in the debates. They're going to turn him into a little robot. You know, they're going to—they're probably practicing hours every day and trying to build up his stamina so it becomes so rote, so automatic. So programmed that, you know, he can't mess it up. I don't know if they could even pull that off, but that's apparently what they're going to do. But we'll see over time. But does, does he not have to answer questions at all for the 125 years worth of experience that he has and Schumer has and Pelosi has and why they haven't gotten anything done? You know, there's a lot of talk all weekend long, and I'd like to know where he stands on memorials and and the Jefferson Memorial and the Lincoln Memorial and and all these other you know memorials that are out there and statues that everybody wants to just rip down where does Joe stand on this now as long as that has come up historically we know that people like Joe Biden and and Schumer and Pelosi they've supported let's say Planned Parenthood well they're asking taxpayers every year to pony up millions and millions of dollars for Planned Parenthood You know, Margaret Sanger and her views on racism and eugenics and literally, I mean, saying we don't want word to get out that we want to exterminate the African-American population. What she said in a letter to Clarence Gamble, Uh, we have the date, we have the letter and then goes on from there. I mean, and and why are we funding that? And we're ripping They're talking about ripping down every memorial. Where does Joe stand on the memorials? I'd like to know. You know, you got uh, okay. Lincoln statute. UW students are calling for the removal there. All right, of uh, Abraham Lincoln. Uh, Princeton wants to remove the Woodrow Wilson name from the public policy school. You know, it's happening all over the country. Where does Biden stand now? Is Biden going to have to answer his his own statements about? Uh, let's see, uh, a two party system in the South uh, was good for bl- uh, for black people because that's what he said you know, demanding to know what senator was going to what, they, what they're going to do to prevent children from being reassigned to schools that had been majority black. That's Joe Biden or is supporting an anti-busing amendment to a federal bill supporting an anti-busing amendment by Senator Robert KKK Bird, praising Robert KKK Bird. Pelosi praised him and so did Chucky e. Schumer praising this guy. He's so a former Klansman. Uh, what about, you know, the double state? He's got a lot of questions and the mobbed This is now 88 days he's hiding this guy. You know, what does he get questioned about his comment about the, quote, racial jungle that would happen, that that his children would grow up in if integration was not done in a, quote, orderly way or lying about marching in civil rights protests. It was found he didn't referring to inner city youth as predators. Uh, You know, does any are they going to ask any of these questions of Joe? Where does Joe stand on anything? You know, or talking about uh, as a U.S. senator, it doesn't matter whether or not they're victims of society. They resolved to, about to knock on my wife on the head with a lead pipe, shoot my sister, beat up my wife, take my sons. So I want to ask what made them do this? They must be taken off the streets. You know, as he says, if if we don't, they will a portion of them. They'll become predators 15 years from now, he goes on. And, you know, poor kids, by the way, are just as bright, just as talented as white kids. He said that in 2019. Or you ain't black. He said that in 2020. Or put y'all back in chains. He said that in 2012. Or, you know, oh, this is, I mean, you got the first time sort of mainstream African-American who's articulate and bright and clean and nice looking guy. That's storybook, man. And, of course, you can't work at a 7-Eleven or a Dunkin' Donuts unless you have a slight Indian accent. You know, when is he going to get asked any of these questions? Everybody's saying, "Wow, well, the polls, the polls. You're dealing with an invisible ghost of a candidate with a mob in the media that, ref- that is allowing him to get away with things that they'd never allow Donald Trump to get away with. Does he have the strength, the stamina, the mental alertness to be president? They asked that about Ronald Reagan. They ought to be asking it about Joe. Because now even Democrats are saying, "Yeah, we better keep him in the basement bunker." Well, who's going to be president then? You know, I am where I was last week, and that is on Friday. I mean, we're 127 days away. It's always tougher a Republican to win the presidency because, look, the Democrats start out with California and Oregon and Washington State and New York State and New Jersey and Illinois. I mean. And a lot of electoral votes is uh, there's a, right out of the gate. Um, so for a Republican to win, Florida is cr- critical. Ohio is critical. Georgia, North Carolina, critical. Those states can no longer be. They cannot have them in play in any way and have a shot. Then you got to pick off Pennsylvania. By the way, Pennsylvania, you will lose fracking and you will lose jobs. If you elect the uh, the ghost, the invisible ghost of a candidate, Joe Biden, the forgetful one, Joe three zero three three zero, that's what's going to happen. But in, I, so if anyone says they know, they don't know. Two hundred and seventy some odd polls in twenty sixteen. I think there were sixteen that had Donald Trump winning. You know our pollsters all called it right. So I kind of stick with the guys that know what the hell they're doing. But I think it's too early to judge any of the polls. I think there's going to be a lot of factors. How good is the that we don't expect a full V recovery, but all indications are it's going to be a huge bounce back. We already have retail sales, two and a half new uh, a million new jobs created. I mean, nobody expected that from May and things will get better. Now we have to deal with coronavirus, you know, put out all these hot spots. We'll have more on that later today. Then you have the, you know, other factors that will come up, whatever the October surprises will be. Joe has to come out of his basement. I mean, are they going to try and allow this guy to not debate because he's afraid to leave his bunker? I mean, There's nothing that they would not pull that would surprise me. But likely, if the economy comes back, Joe speaks, uh, if we can contain Corona's rebounds and put out those hot spots, and then ask the question, are you better off with the president that broke every record imaginable, I think we'll do okay. You know, I... Um, there's nothing we're going to be able to do about the mob, the media. They're all in. They're okay with Joe. I'm fine with Joe in the in, in the basement bunker. You know, it's fine. Leave, I'm, let him stay there. Don't ask him any questions. No, he only sees two people a day. You pull him out of the basement bunker for 10 seconds and he screws up. He can't even do a podcast for crying out loud. You would have thought after the 10th bad podcast disaster, somebody... Might have gotten smart and said, I know how to do a podcast. I can do this right. You're going
1: to hear there's a pond on the other side of my property here. A lot of Canadian geese. If you hear them honking away, it's they're cheering. That's what they're about. (laughs) The scale, the scale of the loss is, is staggering. I don't know whose phone that is, but the scale of the loss is staggering. It's been two months since Congress gave them that money. Is it incompetence? Corruption? Trump no. was out there tweeting again this morning. I call him President Tweety. Tweety. Reopen
0: the country, end of quote. You can't even look. Here's the question. Let let's just go to just a few. I mean, we're just not we're touching the surface. We'll show you a great montage tonight because the mob won't do it. The mob's protecting Joe. The mob's they're spending every second minute of hour of every day attacking Donald Trump just as they have. Now, between Pelosi, Schumer, and Joe, you got 125 years experience in the sewer, in the swamp. At eight more with Obama, well, 10 more, let's say, or even more than that, you got like 140 years experience. What did they do? Did they get the crime bill done? Nope. After Ferguson, after Baltimore, after Cambridge, after all these other incidents, did they get any police reforms done? Nope. Nope. Criminal justice reform? Nope. Did they uh, dedicate for as long a period of commitment to historically black colleges as President Trump? Nope. Did they open opportunity zones? Nope. Did they give us the lowest uh, record after record low unemployment numbers? Let's see, for African-Americans, Hispanic-Americans, Asian-Americans, women in the workplace, youth unemployment, African-American youth unemployment? No. No, Joe and Barack gave us... 13 million more Americans on food stamps, 8 million more in poverty, the lowest labor participation rate since the 70s, the worst recovery since the 40s, lowest home ownership rate in 51 years, and they accumulated more debt than all 43 past presidencies combined. Are they answering any of that? Any of Joe's res- record on racial issues? Why didn't they do anything? How did, how did that Obamacare thing work out? Keep your doctor, keep your plan, and save money. On average, average family is going to save $2,500 a year per family. How did that work out? Now we're going to have Medicare for all. We're going to have guaranteed government jobs, guaranteed government health care, gu- guaranteed government healthy food, guaranteed government retirement, gu- guaranteed uh, uh, income. We're going to have guaranteed, let's see, What else? oh, school. They've done such a great job with the schools in all these cities and states run by liberal Democrats for decades. Now we're just gonna turn our kids over like 10 minutes after they're born to government schools so they they won't be able to read and write just like the 13 schools in in Baltimore, third per capita, highest spending in the entire world. The city of Baltimore, 13 public high schools, not one kid, not one of our American family kid is, is proficient in math. Oh, is anyone in the mob going to ask those questions? I don't think so. Uh, oh, I love this little story, this gem of a story. You know, the city of Minneapolis, they have that veto-proof, uh, let's see, majority to defund the police. Well, they're now, the city of Minneapolis, they're spending 4500 bucks a day on what, you ask? Private security for three council members who received threats following the police killing of George Floyd. City spokesman said the private security details have cost the taxpayers in Minneapolis $63,000 over the past three weeks alone. And by the way, the three council people, I won't give the names, no point. Um, well, that's interesting. That's kind of like reminds me of Comrade de Blasio on my TV show. You know, he comes in with four armed New York City police officers. They're all over my studio. Nice guys. I talked to them, thank them for their service. And I said, well, what about the people of New York? Do they have the right to protect themselves and their homes and their workplace the way you do? His answer was, every New Yorker has the right to be safe. Well, you're not doing a good job, Mayor. And then I go back. I said, but you have those guys that are armed with firearms. They have pistols by their side. Uh, does every New Yorker have the same right? They have a right to be safe. So the answer is No. Portland City Council, they put aside $15 uh, million that they cut from their police budgets. Uh, now Philadelphia has canceled an, a planned $19 million increase in police department there and shifted $14 of the police department budget elsewhere. Hartford, Connecticut, they voted to reallocate $2 million from the police budget. Okay, who's going to want to be a cop today? I don't know. I wouldn't do it. Uh, latest Seattle chop, uh, shooting. Well, we got one dead, one in critical condition. This is in the summer of love zone, the spaghetti potluck zone. This is in the, the autonomy zone. This is in the Chaz zone, the chop zone. Now, of course, the president keeps offering New York and New York city, New York state and New York city, all the support that they could ever want. They say, no, they've offered the, the state of Illinois, the city of Chicago, all the help they want. They say, no. Seattle says no. California says no. Okay, you bought it, you own it. You're wondering why people are leaving New York, California, New Jersey, and Illinois in droves? Because of the incompetent leadership, they can't even provide the single most fundamental basic role of what a government should provide, and that's security and safety. Doesn't every American child have a right to live in a safe neighborhood? I would, I'd like to think so, but apparently not. Even the chop zone, we got another shooting, another dead, another in critical condition. Unbelievable. Got four men uh, ch- charged to bring down a statue of Andrew Jackson. What does Joe think about that? Got a man 18 charged for an unprovoked assault on a Macy's manager. That's a viral video that went out. You we got a Chicago violence, a one-year-old. Well, I'm going to get into this story in a second, uh, but... Let me tell you how bad it got in Chicago this weekend. Now, remember, let's go back to last weekend. It ended up the total number was 106 people that were shot last weekend and 12 of them were children. 14 of them died. I think on Hannity tonight, I'm just going to scroll all through the Obama years, all the people who got shot and and were killed and all the people that got shot in, in Chicago. And we'll give you the whole rundown of what Barack and Joe did, which is nothing. They barely mentioned it. So we had this weekend in Chicago, three more youngsters killed. Youngster, a 10-year-old girl. By the way, ask yourself in the car, do you know this young girl's name who's 10 years old? I'll tell you her name. Her name is uh, Lena Nunes. I'll tell you what happened to this poor kid in Cook County, struck in the head by a stray bullet that came through a second-floor apartment window uh, in Logan Square. Well, she ended up being the second young child that was shot and killed on Saturday. Earlier, you have a 20-month-old child, a boy. He died after he was shot. and His name is Sincere Gaston. Have you heard his name yet? He was shot in a car seat while riding with his mom in an Englewood na- neighborhood in Chicago. And we had a 17-year-old young man. His name is Antoine Douglas. He was shot in a neighborhood park after some kind of fight broke out there. You know, Mar- this, the bloody Saturday, some people are calling it. Eight people, including children, killed in separate shootings. By Sunday, four more fatal, uh, fatal shootings were added to the growing toll. I mean, how many? if, if you want to look at the whole weekend, shootings, you know, last year, I mean, at least six people were killed, 60 others wounded over the long weekend over the 4th of July. We have the latest shooting, as I said, in the Autonomous Summer of Love Zone. Hey, Miss Mayor, what are you doing about it? Jay Inslee, what the hell are you doing to protect the people in your state? No wonder people are leaving these blue states in droves. But take a good look at it, America, because what you see in New York and the shift show that was the coronavirus disgraceful response of both the mayor and governor, that's why people are leaving on top of ridiculously high taxes you know burdensome bureaucracy you can't now no fracking for life in new york great get out of new york i'm getting the hell out of here as soon as i can i really am there's no reason i'm telling i i gotta get out of here then you got new jersey same thing you know the the brilliant executive order march 25th let's put covid patients inside of nursing homes genius move This is on top of, oh, we don't have any ventilators that are our own health department. 15,783 for New York State, nearly 10,000 for New York City. They didn't buy them. And then they're screaming they need ventilators. Then they're forcing COVID patients into nursing homes and long-term care facilities. And while they're doing it, they're leaving empty all the hospital beds that Trump built, thousands of them. And the Navy ship that he sent and built and manned all of it, converted them to COVID-19 patient capability. And then they're blaming the nursing home saying, well, you we're not responsible for your PPE. That's your responsibility. It's your fault that this happened. And then even going as far as to say the governor of New York, well, people die. By the way, back to the violence in New York, 11 people shot in 12 hours under Comrade de Blasio's right in the beautiful city of New York. New York City cops responding to shots were fired with with crowd by throwing bottles and debris. I guess there was, I guess, a combination of Black Lives Matter and uh, a gay pride parade in New York. Well, you know, now we have, let's see, you know, 900 to 1,000 cops that have been hurt around the country with rocks and bottles and bricks and Molotov cocktails. Then we have all the cops that we've mentioned that have been killed. Then we have the cops that have been permanently you know, paralyzed from the neck down in Vegas. Now you have a vision in a, a couple brandishing a firearm outside. I guess their little mansion in, in St. Louis. You know why? Because a video of you know a bunch of I guess people protesting outside their their house went viral. The protesters entered apparently a gated and private street, which led to the couple to emerge from their house. And you know, some oh, they were pointing guns at people. Well, because they didn't know what, I guess, the peaceful protesters were going to do. Because we've seen a lot of peaceful. Well, we have seen peaceful protesters. We've seen a lot of violence and anarchy, too. It's so bad in New York that New York's police commissioner is literally saying with reporters. Um, he said, you have to step back and look at this. You have a criminal justice system that is imploding, imploding. And that's the kindest way to put it, he said. You want to go further? Well, now you've got, let's see, oh, the head of the Bronx NYPD. He quit. I'm not working here anymore. Deputy Inspector Richard Bray hanging it up after nearly three decades. He told our friend Curtis Slewa that, you know, he put in his papers because his bosses won't even give him any guidance on what they should do to get guns and drugs and, and the criminal activity to stop. So he quit. I don't blame him. Who's going to want this job? You know, cr- from year to year, it's up 385 percent. Well, Senator John Kennedy, he's got away with words. He was pretty funny, but it's nothing funny about the topic. If you hate cops, next time I guess you get in trouble, what are you going to call a crackhead? Who are you going to call? I keep asking that question. Who are you going to call? Congresswoman Presley I think she's part of the the AOC squad Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez anyway she uh, remember there's a difference but I make a distinction between the group Black Lives Matter you know they're chanting on tape what do we want dead cops when do we want them now and pigs in a blanket fry them like bacon and then the comments that were made on Martha McCallum show last week you know give us what we want or we're gonna burn this sucker down Anyway, but those people that are rightly protesting the death of George Floyd, but it's gone way beyond that. Those are the anarchists now that are taking over and hijacking. Otherwise, at the time, were peaceful protests. I can understand the outrage. I was outraged. Anyway, so she is uh, she's now saying it's time to I'm not sure exactly what this means, but it's time for you to pay us what you owe us. She said it on the, the, the floor of the House of Representatives. Minneapolis business owners targeted by riots in the city council, they plan to dismantle the police department, but they got their own private security. They're going to be fine. You know, Hollywood actors, they'll, they'll be fly, flying in their private jets with their private security. But everyone else, you know, fend for yourself. By the way, we know where the president stands on destruction and vandalism. Where does Joe stand? Where does Joe stand on law and order? When is Joe going to come out of his bunker and say something? While all of this is happening, the answer is never, because the mob and the media is going to let him. And we've been through this. We've seen this movie before. And that is that, you know what? They gave Barack Obama a pass, Biden a pass, and they're going to give Joe a pass as long as they can. Now, the question is, you know, is America going to elect somebody that hides in his basement bunker? That now, according to two polls, show that he's in a significant cognitive decline. And I'm trying to say it as charitably as I can. Now, the mob and the media Democrats had no problem asking that question about Ronald Reagan. Because it's getting a little scary. All right. Hour two, Sean Hannity Show, 800-941-SEAN. You want to be a part of the program. Uh, In a second, we'll be joined by Kevin McCarthy, the House GOP leader. All right. Who is best to rebuild the economy? basement bunker Biden or President Trump you know it's it's like the invisible candidate in 88 days no press conference let's just now that we have two polls out that have recognized the obvious cognitive decline and even Democrats now believing that yeah there's a significant decline in Biden let's just put together some of the best moments uh, of Joe let's say
1: if you agree with me Go to Joe 30330. I'm here to ask you for your help. Where I come from, you don't get far unless you ask. My name's Joe Biden. I'm a Democratic candidate for the United States Senate. Look me over. If you like what you see, help out. If not, vote for the other by Give me a look, though, okay? We choose truth over facts. Play the radio. Make sure the television, the, excuse me, make sure you have the record player on at night. The, the, the phone. Make sure the kids hear words. No man has a right to raise a hand to a woman. We have to just change the culture, period, and keep punching at it and punching at it and punching at it. Poor kids are just as bright and just as talented as white kids. But if Donald Trump is (laughs) re-elected, Freudian slip, Donald Trump does pose an excellent strength to this. It's not hypothetical. We hold these truths to be self-evident all men and women created by go you know the you know the thing the words that stunned the nation and i would argue i know shocked the world international leaders spoke about it you had people like margaret that excuse me you had p- p- people like the, the former chairman and leader of the party in in germany you had angela merkel just like in my generation when i got out of school that uh, when bobby kennedy and dr king had been assassinated in, in the 70s uh, late 70s I got engaged. My son, the one who, my deceased son, was the attorney general of the United States. And before that, he was a federal prosecutor in one of the largest offices in the country, the, in, in Philadelphia. Look, tomorrow's Superstar Tuesday. And I want to thank you all. I tell you what, I'm rushing ahead, aren't I? That's something
3: I've heard from some voters. Maybe not at your events, but well, details. No,
1: but the details are irrelevant. I just spoke at, a, at Dartmouth. On health care, at the medical school, or not, I guess it wasn't actually on the campus, but the people from the medical school were at the, I, I want to be clear, I'm not going nuts, I'm not sure whether it was a medical school or where the hell I spoke, but it was on the campus. And folks, you know, all those Democrats who won uh, against incumbents, uh, from Jimmy Carter to a guy named Clinton, to a guy named Obama, my good friend, guess what? They had overwhelming african-american support although i had met uh sully and his wife at an event in los angeles back in the in the spring late fall early i mean late spring late winter early fall early anyway you know what i mean (laughs) you must register that weapon you must register it when you register it the likelihood of it being used diminishes exponentially one of the things i'm proudest of is getting passed, getting moved, get, getting control of the Paris Climate Accord. I'm the guy that came back after meeting with Deng Xiaoping and making the case that I believe China would join if we put pressure on them. Why in God's name should someone who's clipping coupons in the stock market make, in fact, pay a lower tax rate than someone who, in fact, is, uh, like I said, the, a school teacher and a firefighter? Chip in and support our campaign. Text Joe23. Excuse me, I gotta get this right. Joe, to 30330. Oh, oh. We hold these truths to be self-evident: all men and women created by go You know the you know the thing. And now we have over 120 million dead from COVID.
0: 120 million. I, and it gets longer. That's not even everything. This Rasmussen poll, as uh, printed by the Washington Examiner, this follows the Zogby poll, which is even higher. And that is uh, even Democrats now believe that 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 in some form, Biden's suffering from dementia. Sixty six percent of Republicans, 38 percent overall. But he's hiding in his basement bunker answering. No, I'd like to know if he's going to answer questions on on law and order and the chop and Chaz and uh, autonomous zone and the free love zone. Or, is he, you know, what is his solutions for violence? And why didn't you stop the violence the eight years you were vice president? Between Schumer and and Pelosi and Biden, you got 125 years of failure. All the things they said, oh, we're going to do this, we're going to do this, all going to do this. What have they done in 125 years of swampness combined? Nothing. Three Three kids killed again this weekend and many others. Now we got the chop zone, more violence there. One shot and killed, one murdered got three kids killed in chicago this weekend what did you do joe what did you and barack do then of course well we got questions about his well really you know his anti-busing amendments and predators and you know all the other comments that he's made over the years you ain't black and everything else that is so bizarre that he says anyway he's the house gop leader kevin mccarthy is with us 127 days we the people you get to go to the polls you get to make the ultimate decision uh congressman how are you i'm doing well shauna that was excellent the only clip you need to add on okay
3: remember in 2010, we take requests go ahead yeah he's in 2010 he's the vice president of the united states he goes and speaks at senator Byrd's funeral this is a member of the kkk and he calls him a friend a mentor and a guide
0: well it fits in with a, a lot friend, of the comments mentor, that he's he's made over the decades and You and I both know Now Donald Trump's only been in politics. He's only served less than four years. They didn't set every record for every uh, little every single demographic in the country in terms of low unemployment. You know, we know that without coronavirus, New York, New Jersey, Pennsylvania. I mean, these these states were not prepared for anything. Um, And now we're beginning to see signs of a good rebound, a V-shaped recovery, I hope.
3: Well, they thought there would be more than 8 million jobs lost, and we gained 2.3. A 10 million part flip. You watched retail sales up 17%. Who is best to rebuild, renew, and restore this economy? It's easy. President Trump, who did it? Where Mm -hmm. Biden thinks somebody, when he was there with Obama, you needed a magic wand to do it, because they never created a job. They don't know how.
0: Let's talk about a a tweet that you sent out or a letter actually that you sent out, but then you tweeted it to Speaker Pelosi about the 45 day covered period that was designated on May 20th uh, pursuant to the house resolution and that you and the Republicans strongly uh, oppose the unilateral decision to renew this period. Um, and that means what, that they don't view themselves as essential because I would actually agree that they're not essential workers. And the more they stay home, the happier I'll be. Well, the, the problem
3: is they're staying home. They're getting a paycheck, but they're still voting for the liberal ideas that we all oppose.
0: From the I mean, comfort of that's... her mansion and a gated community a mile away from people living on the streets uh, in San Francisco, shooting up drugs and defecating on the streets, because we've chronicled all that.
3: Yeah. And also, you know what they tore over in San Francisco? St. Sarah's statue, the same statue that Biden, Pelosi, myself and Pope Francis prayed at. Well, it's the same, same person, but a different statue sitting there. It's in Pelosi's district, and she's never said a word about that.
0: Never is Nancy Pelosi going is is to be asked about her father and, and the monuments that, or statues that he put up in Baltimore? And what about Margaret Sanger? Don't we spend a lot of how many taxpayer dollars do we spend a year on Planned Parenthood? And we all know the racist underpinnings of Planned Parenthood, don't we?
3: Oh, yes, we do. What you asked a little earlier about the proxy voting, this is shadow voting. The Speaker put this in. It goes against the Constitution. People expect members of Congress to be essential to show up for work. We showed up during yellow fever. When, the, when this building was burnt down in 1814, we still showed up for work. We showed up during World War II. We showed up during 9-11. But now the Democrats put in and said it's only for people who can't make it because of COVID, meaning that they're sick, meaning that they're a certain age, and they have to sign a letter that they're physically unable to be here. Charlie Chris, you know what he did? He signed that letter, and then he got in the car and drove two and a half hours because he wanted to watch a launch of a, sh- of a spaceship. Others decided, well, it didn't seem too important. Half of all the Democrats in California stayed home and said, oh, I'll just phone it in. What they did is they gave all their power and their vote to Pelosi. That's not what their voters decided.
0: See, I think this is bigger. Between Biden... And Schumer and Pelosi, because that's really that that they're the ones, the new green deal. They're the ones that um, obviously have this double standard in terms of uh, hypocrisy and everything else regarding, you know, they haven't done they didn't do the criminal justice reform bill. They didn't do police reform. They didn't do, you know, helping historically black colleges for the longer period of time than this president and with the most money. Uh, They didn't create record low unemployment in all the years that they've been in Congress. Trump did it. And it's really one hundred and twenty five years when you add it up of unmitigated failure.
3: That's the power that they have. I mean. Think about it. Our Constitution, our country, expects us to convene, but they don't because it makes Pelosi more powerful. It's exactly what you talk about in your book. This world is on a brink. It's either we're going to live free or we're going to die. Because what's going to happen, if they vote to continue to have these Democrats in power, you're not voting for your member of Congress because they're giving their vote to Pelosi. So this week we will vote on Green New Deal. We will vote they did vote last week about making D.C. statehood. Um, Think of every angle of what they did. In the Senate, where Tim Scott worked so hard to have police reform, the Democrats said they could not go forward even though they were offered 20 amendments. You know how many amendments the Democrats offered the Republicans in the House? Zero.
0: Not one. Have you looked at district by district, and have you come to a determination... Can Republicans win the House back and keep the Senate?
3: The answer is yes. And you know what? We had a special election in the middle of COVID in a Democrat district in L.A., California, where Democrats outnumber Republicans, where Hillary Clinton carried the district by a majority, where the Democrats won it by nine points a year and a half ago. They got the candidate that they wanted in their state rep. We got Mike Garcia, a first-time candidate, first-generation American, went to the Naval Academy, became a fighter pilot, serves back in the district. And then they changed the election law. They said all of it has to be by mail. Everybody's going to get a ballot. And then right before the election, a weekend before, they said that some people being disenfranchised, so they put an in-person voting place in the most Democrat area. And you know what? We didn't lose it by nine points. We didn't win it by 100 votes. We won it by 9%. There are 42 other seats that are better for Republicans that Democrats hold today than the seat Mike Garcia just got sworn into.
0: Well, either we get that done now or uh, look, I I, I view this and you're right. I I actually sent you over a couple of chapters in the book specifically, and I'm glad you had a chance to look at it. And it's out in about 36 days. Um, And I'm going to be out in California. Maybe I'll be able to see out there
3: and everybody read
0: this. Well, because this is it. I mean, we know the history of of socialism's failure. We know the founding principles. I go over all of them. We know what the Democrats 2020 agenda is. We know what the president has been successful at. And we know the mob and the media, they want, they're on one side. I'm like, I'm like an oddball. One of the few out here on radio and and on Fox that actually uh, have opposition voices and they want to silence us every second of every day. All right, so uh, I'm gonna run. So how to? So wh- where do you Do you have you put like a conglomerate of like these races that you're the watching online or anything?
3: As well as take the house.com. They can get all the information they need there. Just go in there, sign up, and we'll we'll provide you the opportunity to to keep America.
0: If you keep Pelosi you and you be. keep Schumer and you and you elect really like Donald Trump, we're getting another shift show for four more years. Oh yeah. So imagine what the president could get done. With them out of the way, it would be amazing. We could All right, do Congressman, thank you. thank you. Thank you, and congrats on the new book. Thank you, sir. 800 uh, <laughs> 941 Sean is our number. All right, as we roll along, uh, we'll update you on COVID-19 with our medical aid team, and also uh, we'll have the latest, where's Joe hiding in the basement? And we'll talk a lot about the uh, election and his past with, on, on racial comments, and whether that will be a factor or the media mob gives him a pass. Uh, Dean is in Illinois. Dean, how are you? Glad you called, sir.
4: Hey, Sean, real quick, uh, I know you don't have a lot of time. Joe Biden, first of all, your pick, your pick for his VP, and do you really think he's just holding a spot for November for them to slide somebody else in, because he'll never debate Trump in the first five minutes, and do you really think that they're trying to push Michelle into that spot?
0: You know, I mean, I don't think, I mean, if I had to guess, I mean, I don't know the internal workings of, you know, you, you've got different factions within... Every party, including the Democratic Party, and there seems to be, it's sort of like a Hillary Clinton or Clinton faction, uh, Obama faction, and everybody knows Joe's a mess. I mean, Terry McAuliffe said it best. Um, Do I think Michelle Obama would ever take that job? Not in a million years, my opinion. Uh, Do I think the Democrats are capable of anything, any last-minute dirty trick once they realize they're going to lose or if they think they're going to lose? Yeah, I think they're capable of anything, but... How are the Bernie people going to react? If I had to say um, who the contenders are, probably Kamala Harris, Elizabeth Warren. Val Demings is the congresswoman from uh, Florida, but she has a past in law enforcement. That may be problematic. And uh, I guess maybe last but not least, I think they're looking at the Atlanta mayor. Um, I I just vice presidents usually or vice presidential selections usually did not lift the top of the ticket. And I I think the Democrats, they, they've locked into Joe and Joe's their guy. And that's why the media mob is going to allow him to stay in his, his basement bunker and hide. And he'll get away with 85 days, 88 days of no press conferences. Won't have to answer any questions about the issues of the day. And when he pops out, I mean, I'm sure they're got, they're probably training him now and trying to etch into his memory every possible answer to any question in a debate just so he survives it um we'll see a lot's going to happen in 127 days probably the events that will define it haven't happened yet people took the
5: attitude in some places of either all or none either you're down or you just let it fly and you just ignore many of the guidelines of physical distancing wearing a mask shaking hands avoiding i mean not shaking hands avoiding Uh, Crowds, And what happened is you see pictures on the TV of the fact that even in states that are telling their citizens to do it correctly, they're doing that. There are crowds. They're not physical distancing and they're not wearing masks. That's a recipe for disaster. It's something I spoke about time and again. We do need to open up again. No doubt about it. We want to get the economy back, but you've got to do it in a measured way. And now we're seeing the consequences of community spread, which is even more difficult to contain than spread in a well-known physical location, like a prison or a nursing home or a meatpacking place. When you have community spread, it's insidious because there are so many people in the community who are infected but asymptomatic, it makes it extremely problematic to do efficient contact tracing because most of the people who are infected don't even know they're infected. So how do you do contact tracing
6: when someone doesn't have any symptoms? Inarguably, as we see where we are today as a nation, because of what the American people have done, because of the incredible work of our healthcare workers, because of a partnership with governors in every state, we did just that. We slowed the spread, we flattened the curve, we saved lives. In the midst of that, we exponentially scaled testing capacity, partnering with private sector, uh, commercial laboratories. Uh, uh, we've we've now reached uh, some 30 million tests across the country, conducting some 500,000 tests a day. In that partnership with governors, also the president directed us to make sure that states had what they needed when they needed it. And uh, at this point, I'm pleased to report that the that the the federal government both delivered and facilitated the delivery of billions of supplies of of face shields and gowns and gloves and masks and we continue to be on track uh, to um, to construct more than a hundred thousand ventilators in a hundred days and um, um, and as as i spoke to governors last night they confirmed to me again what fema's reported we have no outstanding requests from any state at this time for personal protective equipment or medical supplies. Let me say that again. In the affected areas, particularly the states down south that are seeing rising cases, we have no outstanding requests. But as I told the governors, we are ready at a moment's notice to surge personnel, to surge supplies, to expand capacity, and to support uh, their health care response. In the midst of all of that, I think it always bears saying that because of uh, the great work of our healthcare care workers and because of American manufacturing, no American who required a ventilator has ever been denied a ventilator in the United States.
0: All right. That's the latest from the coronavirus uh, task force. As we're now, I know a lot of people are getting upset. They're worried. They're They're concerned. Uh, The global death toll from coronavirus has surpassed a half a million. Uh, It's not one. uh, It's it's not one hundred and twenty million. Like Joe says, Uh, the five seconds he comes out of his basement bunker like he did last week. Here's what we've learned and here's what we're learning. And again, a lot of this is fluid. The one thing that has been consistent, though, throughout this entire time with all the models wrong, all the predictions wrong, all the idiots in the media wrong. Uh, You know, like the the Washington Post. Oh, worry more about the flu. I'm fine when I have the virus. All that crap in the New York Toilet Paper Times. uh, Who says you can't travel to China uh, after the travel ban? Anyway, 43% of coronavirus deaths are linked to nursing homes. 43%. Well, that then puts all of the, you know, highlight on, for example, New York. The governor of New York State refuses to take responsibility. He's blamed everybody and their mother. And then he comes up, well, people are going to die anyway. Then, of course, New Jersey follows. Then, of course, Pennsylvania follows. And Michigan follows. Anyway, so we're watching uh, now a, a resurgence in some states, for example, like the state of Florida. Um, and we have, for example, Miami beaches are going to close for the 4th of July weekend. Gavin Newsom has ordered bars closed in L.A. County, it's other hot spots. Uh, But here's what we know. There is some interesting phenomenons happening, and I don't really know how to how to interpret that, which is why we're bringing in our experts uh, in a second here, Dr. Josh Umber and Dr. Brian McDonough. Uh, But anyway, it looks like which is a very strange phenomenon. The newest cases in Florida, for example, are younger people. Now, the fatalities, if you're going to look at all right, who are the people most at risk for dying? You know, cases in fatality per age group, well, it's overwhelmingly what we always knew. 85% of all Florida COVID-19 related facilities, uh, fatalities have occurred in the age group of 65 plus. You know, and we also know the underlying conditions. We've even been able to narrow that down to people overweight, diabetic, hypertensive. And their mortality rates flat over the past two weeks, despite the increase in the total cases. Anyway... We bring in our medical uh, experts here, Dr. Josh Umber, Atlas MD, Dr. Brian McDonough. Dr. Josh, uh, you see an increase. You see, why are we seeing so many, such a high percentage of younger people in Florida getting it?
7: Well, I I think it's uh,
8: multifactorial. Uh, I think it's a combination of we knew people would eventually get this. The whole idea of staying in was to prevent a, a mass amount of people getting infected, and overwhelming the hospitals. Now that we've managed that, then with the incredibly low death rate in young, healthy populations, they're going to get out, they're going to go to work, they're going to be exposed, but they're going to have very little burden to uh, the the system. And now that we're offering so much testing, uh, I know uh, locally we've opened up testing to anyone, regardless of symptoms, for free. Well, the natural result of that is going to see more cases, but it doesn't mean more burden when hospitalization rates are going down and death rates are going down. So I think there's a lot of
9: different issues at play
0: here. And your take, uh, uh, Dr. McDonough?
9: Yeah, Sean, I think a couple things. I think what Josh said is really true about young people getting out more. I think one of the things we're learning about young people, it's not a free ride for them. We're starting to realize even those who are asymptomatic, they're starting to find, when they X-ray them, crystallized uh, material in the lungs, which suggests that 10, 15, 20 years later, they may have issues. So the one thing I'm trying to get across to young people through a podcast is just don't think that you got a free ride. I really recommend, you know, you wear masks, you really try to social distance and do all you can, not just for the older people, obviously, but for the younger people as well. The other thing about that, the hospitalization and deaths, you're always going to see it weeks after the young people get it. In other words, as you know, you get the 14-day experience with a young person, then they meet someone who is older, who then has another 14 days before symptoms and maybe hospitalization. So there's always that lag, and I worry, very scared about what could happen in the next couple of weeks after these spikes, and I think we've got to watch that closely.
0: Well, I think we've got to watch it too, and, and again, you know, now if we're dealing with a less susceptible of dying population that's contracting it, my, my worry and the reason that I said dr josh just wear the stupid mask so we can open up you know stadiums and outdoor concerts and have football in the fall is because if it means okay i get to go to the game but to protect grandma grandpa mom and dad that that if you ever if you ever contracted the virus you pass it on to them i'm, I'm fine to do it to protect others i'm not really that worried about myself i mean maybe a lot of people would be pretty happy actually if i dropped dead <laughs>
8: Well, I, I think you know, if you look at uh, Florida opened almost forty days ago, and there is a steady drop in death rate and a steady increase in cases. So the, it's been plenty of time to see if there was a correlation with rolling you know eleven to fourteen day cycles. But again, looking at the uh, uh, infection and the response in its entirety is there's still been a number of uh, you know very prominent medical professionals saying, the uh, deaths of despair, alcoholism, drug addiction, domestic abuse, depression, anxiety, suicide, are going to you know be equal to or greater than the number of deaths from COVID. So it's not just that we want to go out and have concerts and, and enjoy life, but it's that we need to get back to uh, you know a productive society that employs this 40 million people that, that are now unemployed. That's the equivalent of the lowest, smallest 22 states. So there's a lot of people who depend on the economy opening back up so they can take care of their families. Um, and uh, that's part of this whole picture is we we have a fraction of the daily death. Yesterday was 250. Um, so far, New York's only reporting 15 deaths. Um, in, in light of that, when we had 2,100 deaths at, per day at a peak, I think we've done a great job everything's working and we don't need the same response now that we did back then if it's going to further hurt the economy and, and those most disenfranchised by that.
0: I mean uh, look, I uh, we don't want any death, but a half a million people. I mean that we're now talking about a pandemic What, the worst one, Brian, since, what, the Spanish flu? Or in the end, it'll be the most? Yeah,
9: yeah, you're right. You're right on target there. Probably the Spanish flu is the last time we've seen anything to this nature. Yeah, I think you're right, Sean. And I think, you know, you and I talked way back about shutting down the whole country. I remember talking about it with you. And By the way, the New York
0: Times says I killed people. Well, they pretty much suggested it. Meanwhile, well, I'm know, the one that said, don't travel to China, and they're saying, oh, it's fine to travel to China. There's such hypocrites, well, but go and ahead.
9: I recall, you, and I recall you saying, and I think this was important, we, it's not at all or nothing. In other words, there's parts of the country you have to shut down when you have those moments. Parts of the country doing better are doing things well. Let's learn from those that are doing well. Let's break it back down and those that are having tough times and and look at it logically. And I think, to Josh's point, that then allows people to feel they have a sense of being a part of society, you know, that they actually are not home all the time. Um, We had to do it once. Now what we have to do is selectively do it, but not back off. Really watch it, watch the numbers closely, and and react to them. I think that's going to be the key.
0: All right, quick break. We'll come back more with Dr. Brian McDonough and Dr. Josh Umber. (laughs) right, as we continue, Dr. Brian McDonough, Dr. Josh Umber, uh, as we update the COVID uh, situation in the country. When all is said and done and all of the bad modeling, Dr. Josh, and and all the wrong predictions, and uh, two and a half million dead, three million dead, uh, 60,000 dead in the U.S., you know, the one thing that really did remain constant, and this now stays constant today, and that is that nearly half of all COVID-related deaths in the U.S. were directly tied to the nursing homes. Now, that goes directly to the heart of the March 25th—I mean, that's late in the game—directive uh, executive order by Governor Cuomo in New York. And that goes, you know, four days later, The uh, Governor Murphy in New Jersey. April 6th, the governor of Pennsylvania, Wolf, followed suit— and you know shut down Whitmer. I mean didn't want you to cut your lawn and she's out there with the protesters and nobody talked about COVID when people were protesting but when Donald Trump held the rally everyone was getting all worked up again uh, and I think Trump's only mistake there was calling it a rally He should have just called it a protest.
8: Well I, I think you're right on a lot of those points. Um, you know, to put it into context 500,000 uh, worldwide deaths uh, there's 155,000 deaths every day worldwide. And so over the last 180 days, give or take, this is still a fraction of the result. Every death is bad. Every death is painful. But like you said, to put into context that half are the most at-risk population. So we can, uh, to the doctor's point, I think it's, it's great. If health care, if, if politics is local, then health care and, and COVID responses should be local. That way you have 500 cities adjusting just to the effort that they need to control themselves, but not these, this heavy-handed sledgehammer when, when a scalpel will do. Close the beaches here, maybe decrease the bars there, Um, but in context
0: we we are... Where are we with treatments though? Where are we with the vaccine? And and am I guessing wrong thinking a lot of Americans don't want a vaccine and may not be willing to take it?
9: Well, we're learning a lot about the antibody reaction and the vaccines and those things and what we're finding is, for some people, the antibodies are only especially those who have the casual cases, may only be lasting two to three months in there and it may not be an antibody response as much as a memory of the illness response, which kind of changes it up a little bit. So I think we have to have a combination of treatment and the hope of a vaccine. And in the short run, I think as a national effort, really the only two things, showing we can do right now is pretty much tell everybody to wear masks and social distance and make it a national effort. That's the one thing I think we should do countrywide and then otherwise, you know, pick and choose. But we do know that those places who have done that have done well and cut down the number of deaths. And that's, around the world. Those that haven't have not. So I think the mask and social distancing are the best we got. I just wish we had more. I think a little little success with remdesivir that, that we've seen, but uh, the, the dexamethasone trials are underway. They're looking at that. But
0: I think we're right getting now. better at it, too. I mean, uh, that's uh, anecdotally, that's what I've been reading. And uh, I but,
9: agree with you. The better treatment and people in the ICU and handling them, knowing what to expect. We look at it without getting too technical as an endothelial lining disease. It attacks the lining of the blood blood vessels kind of blows them up, and that, reduces, that increases clots, uh, inflammation, and release of fluid. And that's what really gets a lot of the people who are already sick or older in trouble because their bodies just can't handle that attack.
0: All right. Thank you both. Hey. Dr. Josh, good to hear from you. Dr. McDonough, thank you. Great to hear from you as well.
9: More shots fired. More shots fired. More shots fired. More shots fired
0: breaking news in the so-called capitol hill organized protest zone there has been
1: another shooting early this morning protesters finished a march back to cal anderson park when they say gunshots were fired nearby several protesters were live streaming at the time and you could hear gunshots but the supposed gunfire did not stop there
2: people on scene say some of the protesters within chop pulled two people with gunshot wounds out of that jeep and rendered aid to them and this wasn't the first report of gun fire over last night at about 1.15. There were loud bangs as well that went off at 11th and Olive. Some people at first thought they were fireworks, and people later thought that they were gunshots. Uh, and then the confirmed shooting, of course, happened at 3 a.m. Two more shootings in two different boroughs here on East 105th Street in Harlem. A 20-year-old man shot in the leg. Police say the gunman got away on a city bike as police looked for the shell casings and the gun possibly tossed under a car. And then in the 103 precinct in Queens another young man shot in the leg bringing the number to more than 24 people shot in the last 24 hours Saturday night in New Lots Brooklyn the most deadly a man died after being shot in the face and a woman killed from a bullet to her back both the NYPD crime statistic experts and those in the neighborhoods have their theories what have you heard it
10: is up everywhere and it's uh, it's like a snowball from the pandemic onto the riots. It seems to be uh, a trend.
2: From Sunday, June 21st through Saturday, June 27th, a total of 79 shooting victims in 57 incidents. And police say there are a number of factors to blame for this apparent rise in street lawlessness. The NYPD says bail reform laws backed up court systems and the release of so many inmates from Rikers because of COVID concern. There were 125 shootings in the first three weeks of June. More than double the same period as last year according to police and at least one East Harlem resident believes the ongoing protests have empowered the criminals as well as those legitimately seeking social justice.
9: I think they're really taking advantage with the protests they're just because now you know people are acting out and
11: I guess the cops are not trying to do anything about it.
9: So, I think they're trying to take advantage of that now.
11: You know, this is the second weekend in a row we've had to tell you about multiple children being killed by gunfire in Chicago. A total of 16 people killed this weekend. Three of them were children. A grand total of 63 people shot this weekend. And now a group of Chicago business owners are putting up a big pot of money to ensure that those shooters of these babies are caught. The youngest victim killed this weekend was 20-month-old Sincere Gaston. He was shot in the chest while riding in his car seat near 60th and Halsted Saturday. His mother was grazed by a bullet as well. Ten-year-old Lena Nunez died that evening after being hit in the head by a stray bullet. She was inside a second-floor apartment in Logan Square when bullets came through the window in the 3500 block of West Dickens. Police believe the stray bullets came from two groups firing at each other outside. Then there was a 17-year-old killed in Humble Park that same day during a fight. An 8-year-old girl also shot while sitting inside on the couch at 66th and Southwood in West Inglewood. Luckily, she did survive with a graze wound to her head, though. Just last weekend, 106 people shot, including 3-year-old Makai James and 13-year-old Amaria Jones, both of whom were killed during the deadliest weekend of the year. A newly formed group called I'm Telling Don't Shoot is now offering 50000 Dollars in reward money to help find shooters in the cases of the littlest victims. We're talking about Makaya and Sincere.
10: If 50 won't get you, we're going to put up another 25. If that 75 don't get you, we're going to put up 100. So you telling me with $100,000, Reward. Nobody's going to say say nothing.
0: All right. So that was some of the sight, well, while the sounds that you hear, audio of uh, the reporting and some of the television reporting. Uh, more violence. You know, and th- this gets to the heart of Joe's hiding. Eighty-eight days, no presser. He has a total one hundred and twenty million dead Americans uh, from COVID. I'm like, okay, he's out of his bunker basement for five seconds. But what do we have? Another weekend of gun violence in Chicago. What did Joe do? What did Barack do? You know, 10-year-old girl. How many of you know the the names of these young kids? 10 years old. Lena Nunes is her name. Struck in the head by a stray bullet coming through a second-floor apartment window where she lives. Don't we deserve safety and security in our own homes? The second child killed Saturday. Earlier, a 20-month-year-old boy dies. He was shot in a car seat while riding with his mom and in the local Englewood area of Chicago. And if we go on Saturday, a seventeen year old boy identified as Antoine Douglas, he was fatally shot before noon in a neighborhood park, uh, after there was there was some type of, of a confrontation that took place. We have eight people in total. How many Americans know the names of all of the people killed in Chicago? And it's not getting any better anywhere else. Now we have another person, you know, at the autonomous Chaz Chop summer of love zone out in Seattle, which they're not getting a control of. He had 11 shot in 12 hours in Democratic controlled New York City. Uh, New York City shootings now 100 percent increase over last year. 358 percent increase in violence. Multiple NYPD uh, officers assaulted during a a Black Lives Matter gay pride rally in New York City. Four arrested in D.C. for trying to topple, you know, the Andrew Jackson statue. Where's Joe? Where does Joe stand on all this? Why didn't Joe fix it after Ferguson? Why didn't Barack fix it after Ferguson? You know, there's pro-defund police officials in Minneapolis. What do they do? Because they are pro-defund the police. They have now hired their own private security You get it? Security for them, but not with anybody else. You know, more cops being pelted with bottles, debris and rocks and bricks in New York. You have an image of St. Louis, a couple emerging from a mansion, brandishing weapons there. Uh, You've got the NYPD commissioner warning that New York's justice system is imploding. Uh, and, And again, we have one Bronx NYPD boss says he's done. I'm out. We have no guidance from anybody in the city of New York. You have a congresswoman, Presley, actually saying that it's time for you to pay us what you owe us, is what she said. Minneapolis business owners. Again, where does Joe stand on all this? Minneapolis uh, business owners targeted by riots on city council. They want to dismantle the police department. Uh, We know where the president stands. He's offered help to all of these cities, and they've denied every, every offer of help. To bring law and order, safety and security to the people of their states and cities. Leo Terrell, Craig Jarrett, and David Shona with us. You know, Leo, I, I might just scroll the names of everybody again tonight on TV. Everybody shot in Chicago. This was Obama's hometown, and here it goes. It's every weekend now.
10: Uh, You should do that, and I think it's a great idea, and we should highlight, we should go into those cities in Chicago and Washington and ask Democrats what's going on in these cities that are run by Democrats. It is unbelievable. They want to point the finger at the president. He's offered help to resolve the situation in Seattle. He's offered federal assistance. They turned it down at the expense of hurting black communities or people of color. You know, for, for Democrats to play the race card All they need to do, Sean, is to look in the mirror. They are masters at playing the race card and pandering because they get the impression they want the black community to believe that only government can help. And where were all these black leaders the last three or four years before the incident of George Floyd? They controlled their governments. They could weed out racism, but they point to this invisible person that does not exist because there is no systemic discrimination where cities are run by black people and people of color
0: and your reaction you know david shown if we don't have law and order safety and security that is the most fundamental role of government you know and i love these minneapolis you know defund the cops uh council members they, they've got their own security now so it's sort of like comrade de blasio comes into my television studio one night he's got four armed new york uh, police officers with him and i say well does every uh new yorker have the right to have the same weapon in their house to defend themselves and their families. And all he answers over and over again, like a robot is every New Yorker has the right to be safe. I said, do they have the same right to fight back? Like you do, they have the right to be safe. So obviously the answer is no. There's a double standard.
7: Yeah. You know, uh, I wish the media gave more coverage to what people on the scene are saying. There's a Chicago sun times article recently out specifically about Chicago showing on May 31st there were 18 murders. That was a record. 764 murders in 2016. But what the local people say is, we need a local solution. It's not a national issue here. Uh, one expert, Price, said there's a complete lack of collaboration between academics, clergy, neighborhood leaders. And as to the most recent virus, a University of Chicago expert, Max Kapustin, said, these demonstrations, for example, divert manpower. A vacuum opens up, and that's why in the last weekend or two, he says, at least, you've seen this burgeoning violence. So uh, you're also right that, in all fairness, candidate uh, Mr. Biden has to be asked where he stands. Does he see a national solution? What does he see as the cause of this? If you're going to put this on the national plate, then he needs to carve out a position. But Chicago specifically has had you know, gang problems forever, like most cities. But you've got El Rook in there, which uh, Jesse Jackson's half-brother uh, was running. Got Latin kings. I've represented some Latin kings before. These are There are a whole lot of reasons for it, but the local people are hurt most by it, and the local people know what's required.
0: The solution just isn't there yet. And your take on it, Greg Jarrett?
7: Well, I agree with David,
4: Sean. I mean, look at Chicago. Uh, for a long time, the mayor there was Rahm Emanuel, Obama's first chief of staff. He ran for the job based on public safety. His moniker and legacy is Chicago's Murder mayor. Violence went up. He did nothing about it. Uh, murders went up. Assaults and battery went up. Uh, violence against people, violence against property all went up during Rahm Emanuel's term. It, it, the places where Democrats control uh, the politics in cities and counties across the nation that have the worst record of violence and lawlessness are run by Democrats and I think that speaks volumes about uh, the politics of that particular party.
0: You know as I look at this Leo and you and I have talked at length about this now. Yes. You know uh, the, and this was actually the probably the funniest thing that I've seen all weekend although there's nothing funny about what's happening in the country right now uh, but I'm watching and I'm looking at all the coverage that is out there predictable coverage and actually, and so the Washington Post actually puts out and attempts to fact-check the president last week in his claim that Democratic-run cities have the highest rates of violent crime. Now, then the newspaper ends up proving exactly what the president's point was, and they say, well, you hear certain places like Chicago, you hear what's happening in Detroit and other cities, all Democratic-run. Every one of them is democratic one 20 out of 20. In other words, the 20 most dangerous cities, c- cities New York, L.A., Chicago, Houston, Philly, memphis detroit dallas phoenix baltimore san antonio vegas it's all democratic run for decades in most cases if not at least in the last decade
10: you know what and what's so amazing about that and this is where i may slightly disagree with my colleagues david and greg it is local issues but they nationalize it on on each of these democratic cities and let's be clear detroit chicago la they have been run by democratic machines for 30 years or more And the problem is very simple, is that they want to point the finger again at the national level that we're not getting enough aid. All of a sudden now, uh, crime is a health issue. That is outright ludicrous. But they nationalize these local issues that makes it seem like somebody else is to blame. And let's not say, and I'll say it again over and over, in all these big cities, black-on-black crime is a problem in all these cities, and
0: yet when you say that, if you say that, you're being a racist. No, hey, hey Leo. How about we take Leo, race out? How about we just take race out of it? You go to the um, areas wherever they happen to be, and wherever it's not safe and secure for the residents. And how about we stop the violence wherever there is the I most agree. violence, and we protect the people uh, that are American citizens that deserve safety and security. Well, it doesn't? Why does this have to be a race issue? This is about protecting American citizens, our one American family.
10: Look, the, the biggest concern here is this. That's the elephant in the room because these cities, for example, in Chicago, if people of color are being hurt, it seems to me that the government, the mayors should have some type of connection to this hurt because they got they, they're in a position of power to do something about it but they have not done anything and again they have nationalized a local issue and blamed some boogeyman that does not exist david yeah
7: I, you know I, I don't think leo was disagreeing with us i think he was making our point frankly the point is that it's a local problem that has to be solved locally and they continue to blame the national administration but listen the white black or otherwise it's the local people being hurt the most here. You can hear them crying out, business people, these demonstrations, looted for no reason. They're innocent people. What did Wendy's do wrong in Atlanta? Um, but I'm talking about even small business owners, white, black, and every race, creed, color, and so on. They're being hurt by it. Your idea of scrolling the names is critically important because people need to know who these unnamed People are. They can't just vanish. And the local people being hurt by it most can't vanish. They're the ones calling for collaboration by their local leaders, and they're not getting it. They're just getting posturing from before Ram Emanuel or de Blasio in New York. It doesn't work. All right, and we're going to take you, a break. We're, we're going to hold
0: work, these guys over into the um, next uh, half hour. Now, if all the Democrats—I want to know where Joe stands on removing memorials and statues— But I also want to know where he stands on Margaret Sanger and the racism and eugenics uh, that founded Planned Parenthood, of which taxpayers are paying a fortune. Nobody else in the media will ask that question. I guess we'll have to do their job as usual.
1: It doesn't matter whether or not they're the victims of society. The end result is they're about to knock my mother on the head with a lead pipe, shoot my sister, beat up my wife, take on my sons. So I don't want to ask what made them do this. They must be taken off the street. We should focus on them now, not out of a liberal instinct for love, brother, and humanity, although I think that's a good instinct, but for simple pragmatic reasons. If we don't, they will, or a portion of them will, become the predators 15 years from now. And, Madam President, we have predators on our streets. In Delaware, the largest growth in population is Indian Americans moving from India. You cannot go to a 7-Eleven or a Dunkin' Donuts unless you have a slight Indian accent. I'm not joking.
4: What kind of a chance would a Northeastern liberal like Joe Biden stand
10: uh, in the South?
1: Better than anybody else. You don't know my state. My state was a slave state. My state is a border state. My state is the eighth largest black population in the country. You got the first sort of mainstream African American yeah. who was articulate and bright and, and, and clean and a nice looking guy. I mean, it's, that's a story. Bro. Unchain Wall Street. They're gonna put y'all back in chains. It's a long way
10: until November. We got more questions.
1: You got more okay. questions, but I tell you, if you have a problem figuring out whether
0: you're for me or Trump, and you ain't black. Oh, you ain't black. For the first time ever, he's articulate, he's braided, he's clean. Man, this is storybook. Well, we've got you know all these questions, and and of course the the spirit of Joe Biden hiding in a bunker basement someplace, like the ghost candidate, the invisible candidate of of Joe Biden. He talked about uh, demanding uh, what the senator was going to do to prevent their children from being reassigned to schools that had been majority black. He was actively working with desegregationists in order to slow integration. Nobody in the mob has asked him that question. In 1975, he supported an anti-busing amendment. You know, you know, you think about this, too. You look at 125 years. That's how many years Biden, Schumer, Pelosi have been working in the sewer, in the swamp of D.C. Want me to keep going? I mean, he supported an anti-busing amendment by Robert KKK Byrd. He praised Robert Byrd, the former Klansman. Imagine if this had been Donald Trump. Donald Trump has not even served four years in government. Combined, Pelosi, Schumer, and the invisible Joe hiding in his basement bunker. 125 years they have served. Uh, that's a lot of years for failure, you know. He goes on. Well, you ain't black, and you know, poor kids are just as bright and just as talented as white kids. He said that last year. You know, the Seven Eleven Dunkin' Donuts gaff. Same thing. Pelosi praised Robert Byrd. Biden praised them. Schumer praised them. You know, I mean, it's it's pretty unbelievable the history that nobody else in the media will ever talk about, but they've all said words about it. And it goes on from there. You know, we have all of this discussion now around the country in terms of, okay, well, what are we going to do with the Jefferson Memorial? Uh, What are we going to do with the Lincoln Memorial? Okay, where does Joe Biden stand? Anyone ever think to ask the invisible candidate who's hiding? You know, Princeton wants to remove Woodrow Wilson's name from the public policy school. Where does Joe stand? Robert Morris University changing student IDs from freedom cards to Robert Morris UID, because I guess they don't want to use the word freedom. not really sure exactly why. Saying freedom cards are dehumanizing. Mississippi legislature passing a bill uh, to eliminate Confederate symbol from the state flag. Uh, We have now, you know, it's now impacting just about every aspect of society. Now, if this is what the Democrats want, well, we need to know where their presidential candidate stands. Now, if memorials now are in play and. We're going to ask presidential candidates, what, what about Margaret Sanger? Margaret Sanger is the founder of Planned Parenthood. Well, we don't want to go out and uh, we don't want word to go out that what we want to do is exterminate the black population. I actually wrote that in a letter interview with Mike Wallace in 1957 said, I think the greatest sin in the world is bringing children into the world and that have a disease from their parents that have no chance in the world to be a human being practically you know and she goes on from there saying delinquents prisoners all sorts of things you know just marked when they were born and she goes on even further saying that the campaign for birth control is not merely of eugenics value but practically identical and ideal in the final aim of eugenics well i mean then she talked about sterilization of of certain citizens against their will I mean, does that? Are we gonna now? Can we talk about that? Does Joe have an opinion on supporting Planned Parenthood with taxpayer dollars? And we continue with Greg Jarrett, David Schoen, and Leo Terrell. Leo, I'll start with you on that one.
10: I'll tell you right now, I think the, one of the all that 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 montage of what you just gave me is the reason why I can't vote for Biden. I mean, first of all, he's insulted black for the last forty years, and he gets a pass. Every question you just raised needs to be asked by uh, to Joe Biden. And I'll tell you, Sean. The only way Joe Biden is going to come out of the basement is with these three debates. And there's going to have to be someone providing the types of questions you're asking on your radio show and have Joe Biden answer these questions outside of the bunker. Because I don't think he's going to come outside the bunker other than these three debates that he's going to have with the president. The one thing you can say about the president, he's clear, he's concise, you know where he stands. But right now, Joe Biden is being propped up by extremists on the left and primarily by Black Lives Matter. And I'll tell you right now, he's losing a lot of quiet Democrats who don't want to alienate friends, but will not vote for him in the fall.
0: And your take, uh, Greg Jarrett.
10: Well, you can't confront Joe Biden with his
4: bigoted comments and his abysmal track record on minority issues because he can't possibly remember them. I mean, the man can't remember what color tie he's wearing, even when he's wearing it. So, you know, it's true that they're, uh, you know, deliberately hiding him out in the basement of of his home. But they have a complicit media that would never ask those questions because the media, by and large, is liberal and they're all in for Joe Biden. They're all in for anybody who's against Trump.
0: Well, and, and, you know, then, David, this is where we get to here. You know, and maybe maybe Donald Trump should just like not talk anymore, because I guess you're right. I guess your poll numbers, according to the mob and the media, if if Donald Trump goes 24 hours without talking to the mob or trying to deal with real problems, and real solutions. You know, there's now a poll out and we're just going to have to deal with, you know, what is no longer even an elephant in the room. And that is, you know, Joe Biden. Does he have the strength? Does he have the stamina? Does he have the mental alertness? Uh, to be president because if you look at Rasmussen reports and their latest poll, uh, 20% of Democrats think Biden has some form of early dementia, 38% among all voters. There was a Zogby poll that was as high as 54%. And it raises the question, by the way, that the mob asked about Ronald Reagan in 1984. You know, is he too old? Is he he having a decline? This is the toughest job in the world. Nobody seems to really want to ask it. Everyone dances around it.
7: You know, uh, uh, on the other side of the equation that you raised earlier, if you were advising Joe Biden, wouldn't you stel- tell him to stay in the bunker? He has the best PR campaign the world could imagine, at least in this country, the New York Times, Washington Post, and on and on and on. We're facing some of the greatest issues of the day today. This COVID-19 virus was foisted on the country and the president during his administration. Um, you're seeing all sorts of problems around. And so if you have everyone in the media just attacking the president, and Joe Biden, every time he opens his mouth saying something that puts his foot in his mouth, the best campaign advice absolutely would be for him to stay in the bunker.
0: I, Greg, Jarrett, I don't think that's bad advice. I guess if, you know, he comes out of his bunker for five seconds last Thursday and he says 120 million Americans died from COVID. Now, there is over 500,000 worldwide. There's been a resurgence in some states. Uh, but uh, the reality is, uh, he, he, how do you run a campaign from a bunker basement?
4: You you do what Nixon did. He hit out in the White House during the 1972 uh, re-election campaign. He basically refused to campaign, said he was too busy being president. But he had too much to answer for at the time. He refused to debate in the seventy-two election. And that was a strategy that worked perfectly as McGovern self-destructed. And so, you know, there is something to this strategy of keeping your mouth shut, hiding out. You've got the perfect excuse, oh, gee, the virus. Uh, And, you know, this is a strategy that arguably is the only one that Biden
10: can adhere to. Well, I'll simply say this. The president needs to hammer on the fundamental issue of law and order. As we have this virus, we also have this lawlessness in the streets, and I guarantee you Democrats and Republicans support law and order. He has to stay focused on that issue. and is going to force Biden to come out and take a position. The president is right on law and order.
0: Well, I mean, I think this is what this all, the, all comes down to. I mean, the president is right. We're not keeping our city safe and secure. We're failing kids at the most spectacular le- level. Again, mostly cities, mostly states that are blue, that have run been run by Democrats for decades. Now, that's all on the ballot. Because if you got 125 years of, of Biden-Schumer-Pelosi failure, it doesn't seem that smart to double down on the people that failed and whose policies have failed. And then if you look at the policies and the direction they want to take the country with a new Green Deal and Medicare for All and everything's free, Greg Jarrett, uh, America won't survive. And what you see in Chicago, New York, Seattle, California, and New Jersey, you're going to see elsewhere.
4: Oh, yeah. I mean, it's, it's unsustainable financially uh, and, and politically. Uh, and I'm glad you brought up Seattle. I mean, uh, more shootings in the CHOP zone that the mayor there has endorsed and done nothing about it. You're talking about rampant acts of violence and destruction of local property, uh, business owners, people who live there. They've lost control to anarchists who have taken over uh, that area of Seattle. Uh, and you know there has been a lawsuit filed by the property owners, saying uh, asking a judge to put a stop to it. Let's say a judge issues an order to cease and desist. Who is there in Seattle to enforce it? Uh, How is it
0: that if do Donald it? Trump allowed an autonomous zone, a free love zone, a spaghetti potluck dinner zone, a Chaz Chop zone to be, <laughs> you know, to, to, and and the takeover of an enti- half a city or six city blocks? Including a police department, and didn't do anything, and people started getting murdered the way they are, or didn't. You know, I mean, I look at all of this. Chicago says no to his help. New York says no to his help. Seattle and Washington State say no to his help. I'm like, w- okay, well then you own it, because there's all, we he, he, unless he invokes the insurrection act, which he can do, you know, if this is their problem and their their failure of their citizens. They, they don't. The Democrats don't care about this country, Sean. Look, they, they they sat on their hands
10: on the on the police reform bill by Senator Scott. They will not do anything for the interest of this country. They are self interest in trying to defeat Donald Trump by doing absolutely nothing while the country burns.
0: It's sad, David <laughs> Sean. I've never seen anything like this in my life. And you know, uh, nobody will know the names that we mentioned that I'll scroll tonight on TV. Great. That's right. Uh, it, or and even the knows. three. The three last week, 106 people shot, uh, 14 dead, 12 children shot. This week, we got three dead kids: one 10, uh, one year old little girl, one 20-month, 20-month-old boy, and one 17-year-old kid dead. They're dead, and this is an every weekend thing. And we're heading into the Fourth of July weekend, when historically uh, things get even worse, especially in the middle of a parent heat wave that's on its way.
7: Absolutely right. Listen, there's no place for this anarchy anymore. These, these zones have to be shut down. But nobody's also hearing the names, again, of the locals who are being hurt. A reporter needs to do his or her job, get in there and interview those people who are being victimized, who can't get the police to respond now because they can't get past, or the political leaders are telling them not to go past these demonstrations. But I'm going to tell you one other thing that I resent, and that is... That in all of this talk against the president with these things, he doesn't get any credit for what he did with the First Step Act. I'm telling you, yes. as someone who works in the churches yes. all the time, that showed the greatest compassion that we have seen in an administration for the poorest and the most vulnerable and the most helpless among us. Take a look at some of the people who've gotten out from under sentences, who are now some of the most productive members of society who learned their life. Well, it was
0: Joe Biden and company. They wanted to put people and again, disparate sentencing was real. And it happened under, let's see, Democrats, Bill Clinton and uh, uh, then under Barack Obama. They did nothing. No criminal justice reform, no opportunity zones, no long commitment with greater sums of money for historically black colleges and no criminal justice reform. And now police reform on top of that. All right, that's going to wrap things up for today. Uh, Hannity, set you DVR 9 tonight, Eastern Fox News. The violence over the weekend. I mean, it is exploding. The double standard on COVID-19 coverage. Oh, if it's a protest, it's fine. If it's a rally, forget it. Uh, We'll get to that double standard. Also, Biden now 88 days hidden in a bunker basement. And when is the mob going to demand that he answer questions about his past, his failure? Ari Fleischer, Dan Bongino, Geraldo, Leo Terrell, Burgess Owens tonight, Sarah Sanders, Dave Rubin, Matt Gates, and more. 9 Eastern, Hannity, Fox. We'll see you then back here tomorrow. Thanks for being with us.